AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Comedy Central. (sighs) Now hiring. Thank you, Down South Georgia girl, for this one. Roger early again. Welcome back. What's happening? Hi. Young brother by the name of Griffin Green, a.k.a. Bodega Bro, has been fired after backlash in which he posted on TikTok videos of him walking around a neighborhood in New York City trying to find a grocery store. Huh? Old Griffin is 22. He don't know nothing about food deserts. He don't know nothing about being a gentrifier in a neighborhood where there's a lot of nutritional inequality. But what is he fired from? A tech job, JG, because he went around basically roasting bodegas as not being real grocery stores. Social media sleuths then dug deep into old Griffin social media. This the one that did him in. Now you move to the Bronx where it's a lot of black and brown folks and he types on old TikTok quote, I'm in the Bronx for a few weeks, and I'm only I'm the only white dude in this whole gym. So I got this Ooh. NAACP shirt, so these people will vibe with me more. No. Oh yeah, you were destined to be done that boy, for. That boy was homeschooled. You hear me? <laughs> that boy was homeschooled. That's homeschooled behavior. If he wants to make this better, that nigga better get a job at a bodega. That's Period. the only happy ending to this. This is the only the way. The only way it works out. This is the only way to push this forward in a positive manner. He's gone viral. Everybody knows his name and face around the area. Get a job at a bodega, nigga, or just go back to Nebraska. Bing bong. My name is Roy. This is my job fair, and we're talking food service today. We're talking about the other veterans, the veterans of the deep fry, the veterans of the drive-through window, the veterans of turning off all the lights in the lobby at 9.47, knowing damn well that fucking lobby's supposed to be open (laughs) till 10. Shut (laughs) down, baby. Shut it down. (laughs) Trying to go home. Yo, that was one of the first jokes I did, Rod, like year one of comedy. 
was how the dude in the lobby would just be mopping and just give you the we close signal. But it's it's blatantly 934, fam. And like, but you dare not come in. Like there's nothing scarier than walking over a nigga's freshly mopped floor. I to this day I, I won't do it. You shouldn't. If somebody's mopping, it's rude. It's just it's just wrong. It's yeah. wrong. Yeah, I learned that in high school. We used to have a, a custodian. Shout out Cheryl. She used to have hair on her chest, but she was real nice. Unless you stepped on her floor <laughs> while she was mopping, that woman would call your mama and tell her that you, your boy tried to walk across my floor. But she was real nice. She was real nice. You had to learn that early. There's a fast food worker shortage out there right now. Mm. And I think that's part of the issue with why we see a lot of conflicts. Well, it's to me, it's twofold. One, most of us who consume fast food, and I'm trying to not make this a classist issue, but more often than not, if you are mean to a fast food worker, you are not in a position of power at your job. So this is an opportunity for you to boss somebody around. This is an opportunity for you to get things the way you, and then these fucking commercials, all they do is tell the customer, we love you, have it your way. Whatever you want, master, please come here and buy a no. burger. We'll suck your dick, please. So no. you're coming there with this. But what? No, I mean, no, he I'm, right. That's true. What McDonald's average, is that, though? <laughs> is that Alabama McDonald's? Is that, which one? That's giving, sucking you off? Oh, my yeah, gosh. Man, I, blow I, jobs. Tell you, I, just... I tell you, off air. You oh, know, I know alone John Silvers where they fucking the deep freezer every <laughs> oh, right next to the crunchers. <laughs> <laughs> there is a sense of power that comes with having the ability to demean someone who is charged with making your burger. That's not nice. And you're also stupid too, because you spent six dollars. Like you need to calm down. <laughs> like nobody can't disagree. With like, that. Who the fuck you thought was rolling out the red motherfucking carpet? Right. What you expected out of six dollars? <laughs> I've seen people drop sandwiches on the floor and serve them up when I work fast food just because you're nasty. So you might want to be yeah, careful yeah. about that. I've heard nightmare stories, but <laughs> I think the number one rule of always goes to you just don't disrespect somebody serving you your food. I don't care if it's water, burger, fries, Very nothing. Point. Because like you never know what can happen in between <laughs> the kitchen and your plate. Uh, that movie Waiting, so Ryan Reynolds' first movie, it, it, it was the perfect example. These dudes did everything nasty that they could to a sandwich and then served it to somebody and watched you eat it. That's part of it, right? Is that your boss ain't shit, so you have an opportunity to boss around somebody else. Mm. On the other half of that, you have fast food workers who are overworked, mm -hmm. underpaid. Yes. And most mm. of these places are short staffed. Over 60%, this is according to Business Insider, over 60% of fast food owners said that they've closed part of their dining rooms. Mm -hmm. Just straight up, we ain't got enough motherfuckers, so we're not even fucking with the dining room. No, Pretty much every fast food spot finna turn into a rallies or a checkers. Everywhere is star for workers. That's the, what better time to beat the shit out of a customer than right now. Because <laughs> you know you can get another job. You're not going to put, I beat the shit out of a motherfucker on the next application. If you fall at Burger King, you ain't going to put that down on Wendy's. And Wendy's don't give a fuck what you did before you walked in the door today because motherfucker, we down nobody 10 minutes. Nobody checking references at a fast Ain't nobody place. checking. It's going to be on ain't social media, though. Oh, no, I've got to call so? some people about this before I let you work my fries. <laughs> 
Oh, and then and then there's also the other side. JG just said, "Oh, it's going to be on social media." You are absolutely correct, JG. But this is how, this is the difference between our generation and the new generation. Them beating somebody's ass at a rival fast food establishment is enough to get them hired at the rival. Like, wait a minute, did you go to a McDonald's and beat somebody's ass? Man, we'll take a guy like you at Burger King. Back in the day, getting in a fight at any kind of fast food restaurant, 7-Eleven would screw you for the local market. There's no way you'd be able to get a job. Whereas now, these kids, the same guy, remember when we had the, the guy on the Amazon guy, the guy that we had on a ride, and the girlfriend, he beat the guy's ass outside? That dude got hired off the video. Well, we're going to talk to some veterans of the fast food service world today. Chuch's Chicken, Smoothie yes. King, and we're going to yes. talk to two wonderful women that are trying to level the playing field for fast food workers so that they have a little bit more power. Uh, real quick, though, let's get into Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. So I was in Birmingham third over oh. the um, over the weekend. I got to give a shout out. I, I shot Rod a text. I, I wanted to see if Rod wanted to come with me to this function and Rod politely laughed it off. <laughs> <laughs> which I which I understood as a like anytime you ask somebody a yes no question they reply with a laugh emoji that's a no <laughs> <laughs> and Jacqueline I see you making that face I I did not in, I did not ask you about coming because I know you were in the area and I don't I, I know you get all weird about not being invited to shit but this is not something I feel like you would want to. What were you two talking about? What, what what is this? So, the homie Bomani Jones, friend of the show and two time member of the job fair, Bomani's from Texas. Mm -hmm. And Bomani shot me a text message. He said, "Where are you tonight?" I said, "I'm in Birmingham." He goes, "Well, Bun B of UGK is a fan of the Daily Show, mm -hmm. and said if you're in town." Come on down here to the Avondale Brewery and enjoy yep. this motherfucking concert with me and 8-Ball and MJG. What? Bring as many people as you want. And I be damned third, if Bun B wasn't a man of his word, he rolled out the red motherfucking carpet for your boy. It's fascinating the people who watch The Daily Show. Wow. But, you know, Bun is a sharp-ass brother. So I text Rod. Funny man, a couple of my Birmingham folks that I like to drink with. And I'm like, you know, hey, y'all want to come see the gangster rap show and dodge COVID and maybe bullets? <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I thought I thought Rod would come because it was at a white establishment <laughs> on the white side of town with metal detectors. And like, it, like the probability of mash. And granted, at that point, we there were a couple of mass shootings that had happened a couple of days prior. So I understand being on edge. But goddamn, it's Bun B of UGK. It's Bun B. You got to yeah. take that bullet. Some some shit just worth getting shot over. Hey man, pocket full of stones, bruh. And it, it was the concert was being thrown by my nigga. Shout out to shout out to Rip. Shout out to Roy to ENT. You know what I'm saying? That's, yes, sir. It's been one of my best friends since high school. So you mean to tell me you had a, a chance to go to a Bun B and Eight Ball show in VIP Alabama? Third. And you I don't I don't know if I could have turned that one down, huh? I don't know if I could have turned that down. I had no choice but to oh. go. This venue was outside third. It was 85 degrees. We'll call it 90 on the heat index. It had started storming. <laughs> so it was that after storm heat mm. coming up off the ground. Ooh. The stickiness. Ooh. In Alabama? Ooh. 
Bun B performed in a fucking sweatshirt, long sleeve for two hours outdoors in Alabama in motherfucking July. Did he? He ain't even sweat, did he? He ain't even sweat, did Mr. he? Mr. Beat never fucking fumbled a lyric. That motherfucker delivered two hours of pristine motherfucking rap catalog kits and never even passed out. The whole time I was like, this thing ain't gonna die. <laughs> is he gonna die you know how somebody have on an outfit that just don't match the temperature you be like what the fuck is is you on cocaine is like what drug has you doing this bun b bun is Perfectly just chilly sober, like a penguin man. baby bun is yeah, chilly like man. a penguin baby i'm trying to tell you bun is that dude man so oh, for risking heat stroke <laughs> for the people of birmingham alabama oh brother yeah. bun b of UGK. Keep it trill, Roy. Keep it fucking trill. You are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. From the job fair to pulled out to Texas. Let's get in the worst. Oh my man. gosh. We welcome Sarah, and she is a long time listener and fan of the show, which we so appreciate, Sarah. Thank you. Yes. That's what's up. Sarah, where are you? I'm in New York, in Harlem. Okay. Around the street. Royce Job Fair at gmail.com. Yeah, she ran street for me because I live in Harlem. Harlem. <laughs> you know, I'm close. I, I guess what I should allow first before we get into your worst job, Sarah, uh, I should allow you and third to bond over cannabis and did I say it right, third? Yes, you You're did. Both fellow time. cannabis Americans. What's your word? I don't want to offend anybody. Cannabis Americans. I haven't heard that one before. Cannaniboid <laughs> American. Like, I don't know. That's a new boy. one. Yeah, that sounds like something's missing. She got a sublime shirt on though, so I already know she's down with the she's down with the she's down with the with the shits. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like a secret sign right there with you know what I'm saying. Here's my question, Sarah, as I contemplate this journey into that that side of adventure for someone who's never done any type of of cannabis ingested any kind nothing never smoked nothing. am i better off entering via edible or via a joint i would say a joint i would agree really okay expand expand i feel like a joint because edibles take a while to hit and then it just sneaks up on you. It's like a rush. And if it's your first time ever being high, like that's, it's more of a body high. But if you do a joint, you could just take one hit, put it down, see how you feel. It hits you pretty much immediately. So you can gauge it a lot faster and be like, all right, right. I either don't like this or I do like this. But I feel like an edible for the first time would be a little too much. Yeah, it's a setup move. Okay. I agree with her wholeheartedly. Because at least with all a right. joint, you can toke your way down. Like you can take a hit, yeah. Mm -hmm. You take another hit, and you take the third hit. Like, oh shit, I'm hot, and then put it the fuck out. <laughs> like you, you do. You can't do that shit with an edible, bro. With an edible, you're gonna be sitting there for two and a half hours. Like, man, this edible is bullshit. I can't even believe I took this shit. You go walk outside, do some innocent, like go to your car, and all of a sudden the world is going to fucking stop. <laughs> no, everything warning. just shifts like yep. Inception. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. So, Sarah, what made you interested in the, what's the word we're using? Cannabis. Cannabis, yes. Yeah. What made you um, can't say weed. Okay, thank you, or marijuana. Honestly? Negative yeah, honestly. I mean, were you, what, what made you interested? I went down a list of things that I wasn't allowed to do until I was 18. Uh -huh. 
and I just started checking them off. I got a tattoo. I was like, all right, I'll finally try weed. I drank. I didn't like drinking that much at first. Like now I'm older and it's cool. But then weed immediately, it was like love at first sight. The first time I smoked, I was like, wow. Wow. A religious home? Like yeah. what kind of house she came up in? Are you a PK? No, actually. No, I wasn't. Um, my parents actually smoked, but for like they still wanted me to wait till a certain point in my life to do it, you know, just because they they enjoyed it. They didn't want to like be encouraging me to be like, yeah, get high. So, you know, it was always just like when you graduate high school, when you're done with all that, then if you want to do it, go ahead, but just wait. So I waited. And then, yeah, I, I smoked with my boyfriend at the time. And it's just like, I immediately knew, though, like the sec- the first time I did it, it was just like, wow, that's such a good feeling. It just felt like everything felt better. Music, food. Yeah. Like and- jokes. <laughs> everything was just heightened. I bring up all of that to ask. With your love for the tweets over your journey since being 18, did that ever affect the types of jobs that you sought out? Because drug testing was much more stringent back then than it is. Like, I don't know what they're doing on marijuana now. I don't imagine. I imagine it has to be way more lax than Mm -hmm. what it was in 04 or some Mm -hmm. shit. But like, did your love for mayor, did your love for cannabis ever? Well, you know what? I want to apply for that job, but them motherfuckers going to make me pee. And I ain't going to be peeing all the time. (laughs) Absolutely. Anytime I saw, you know, an application, two things that, that are deterrents, drug testing and cover letters. Oh, Bing bong. <laughs> what the What's fuck the cover letter ever do to anybody? I just hate writing them. And I just always felt like, is my resume not enough? Like when we when we meet, we can talk. You can ask me anything you want to ask me. But I just feel like, you know, it just it requires effort. Usually you have to tailor them to the specific job. Yeah. I think if it's like a big career move, it's justified. If, it, you know, you're applying to be like some in some big position at a big company or something, then I get it maybe. But just for every job to just want to pay you 15 bucks an hour, but want you to write a cover letter in order for them to even look at your resume. I think it's a little... Yeah. I'll send you a template, yep. Sarah. I got a template you can use <laughs> if you want it. Seriously. <laughs> All right. So, Sarah, give us which which way you want to go. You want to give us a worse job or you want to tell us a scam? You listen to the show, so you know what we yeah. do here. You ever stole some shit on the job or a terrible <laughs> job? Which way? I've definitely had some terrible jobs, and I gave this some thought. I tried to think, like, what was the worst? Uh-huh. Okay. And... I think it has to be, I worked in the Smoothie King in the Amtrak level of Penn Station. All right. Now, before you say another word, I need you to Mm -hmm. paint the picture of Penn Station. I'm trying to think of a middle America equivalent. Like for our people who who don't live in commuter cities and don't know about Amtrak as a regular place where it's just a bunch of people every day to justify the presence of a Smoothie King and a Chili's. I think there's a Chili's in Penn Station too. There's an Arnie Ann's pretzel. There's a couple yeah, things in there. Starbucks. It's late. There's mm-hmm. a Krispy Kreme in there now. But it's it's a place like no other. There's business travelers. There's unhoused people. There's families. And then it's just like me, just a regular-ass comedian passing through to grab the one train. So you're at the Smoothie King. What should we know about Smoothie King? Is that a place you would still eat? Um, I guess. Oh, I mean, shit. I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really oh, into like the whole smoothie thing, like Jamba Juice, that sort of thing. But if you are, it's cool. But I also want to say you're getting it from a train station. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> we're at we're, we're below ground. <laughs> I don't know why that hit me like that, but damn, yeah, I got you. <laughs> you know, it's just like I don't know. It's something about it. It's just like if you have to go for it, but if you really like, again, <laughs> you they're storing fruits. In the train station. Oh, God. In this little tiny store, because it's a tiny little, it's not even, there's nowhere to sit, you know, it's just a counter you go up to, you order your juice and you get it. And what made, one of the things that made it the worst is that it has no bathroom. Because I learned very, like, this, mm-hmm. on my first day that all those little, you know, stores and things in the subway <laughs> don't have their own restrooms. So if you work there, you have to go use the public restroom. And Roy mentioned unhoused people. Mm-hmm. That is one of their favorite places to frequent and to bathe and <laughs> just, you know, that's where they, they, it's a transitional area. It's where mm-hmm. people are between places. They're washing up They're You know, they're about to go somewhere else and having to work there. And that's where you got to use the bathroom and there's no other option. It's, it's not great. So how do you close the store? If you got to take a shit and it's like four people in line, what do you tell the people? I'm sorry, I cannot make your smoothie right now. Or you just yeah. got to wait for a gap in the action to shut down real fast? You know, they always kept a bunch of us at once, which is even worse because you're working in this tight little space. And for whatever reason, Smoothie King also served hot soup and and soft serve ice cream. <laughs> so you you got a lot going on in a very tiny little space and all of us are kind of shuffling around each other making all these things mm. and people are running out to other to the bathroom and back yeah it's very chaotic it was hands down the worst place i have ever worked would never recommend that to anyone is there a way to steal anything in a smoothie king like as an employee other than like apples yeah food not really because they have like a camera right above it's very small and you're like always on camera, which also adds to the tension because you just feel like I'm always being watched. Like I'm in this little box mm-hmm. and people are lo- like watching me at all times. So not a lot of room to steal from there, but definitely a lot of room. I mean, to scam a lot of free drinks. We weren't supposed to be making ourselves drinks and making ourselves ice cream, but we did. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so I got two things. What's the best smoothie? And then what's the franchising fee on one of those? I don't know the franchising fee, but they had this one drink called the Caribbean Way that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty popular. And they had another one that was like Angel Food Cake, which was just like clogged arteries. But okay. it, like, it's not even a smoothie, really. But, you know, they made it work. No matter how pretty, pretty it much. looks. Oh, pretty that's much. Bad. Okay, <laughs> so then I understand why you had to show up to work, huh? That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Exactly, that and there's nowhere sense. to sit, right. so you're standing the whole time, the entire shift. You know, it's eight to ten hours. You're just standing, making smoothies all day. Nowhere to sit, unless you just join the people who are waiting for Amtrak who sit on the ground in Penn Station. A lot of people like put their suitcase down and oh, sit yeah, on it. Oh yeah, there's no chairs because people turn. There's no beds. chairs exactly, so you got to just stand the so whole time. So what's the hourly time. pay though, then, Sarah? What what made this? Oh, this it? was so this, this nothing. Oh. This this was nothing. <laughs> 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 this is like 2000 and I want to say 10, 11. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like 2010. So this job is paying like 10, 11 dollars an hour. Oh no. Nah. It's bad. It's not Come paying on, much. How did you leave mm. this place? Uh, leave oh, this I just, that. yeah, I just left. I, I didn't, <laughs> I just didn't show up for my shift. I told my coworkers though, so they were pretty pissed at me. I let all of them know. I was like, I'm not coming back. 
How long were you there? I was there. I was there for about like four or five months. I tried to stick it out. You know, mm. it was one of my first jobs. I was trying to prove to my parents that I was responsible. Mm. <laughs> and I was just like, this is not it. This so is now, torture. So now you got pretty stuff framed behind you. What industry are you in now? I'm just curious. Oh, well, now I work in basically HR tech. Of course. Sweet. So like a like a PEO, basically, yeah. like a payroll provider. And it's okay. scams going well, on over there. But we'll talk about it later, Sarah. I'll text you. <laughs> Don't get her fired. See, I'm not. Don't get her fired. <laughs> Why are you always trying to get somebody fired on the show? Sarah, <laughs> thank you so much for coming thank on the job. Thank you guys for having test. me. After the break, the homie Narado, a.k.a. Rob for short, will come on and drive this show off the rails. It is the job fair. We'll be right back. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Job fair, we're back. These hating-ass motherfuckers hating on me during the break. Because I had a good time. Well, you know we do this part of the show. It's time to break the ice and give you topics to bring up with your co-workers who you can't stand so y'all can have a little chuckle before you go back to quietly hating each other and talking shit about one another on anonymous personnel forms. This brother is undefeated in pregnancy scares with a lifetime record of 43-0-2. He is the author of the New York Times best-selling book, how to sneak and have sex with that woman in her minivan while her kids are at Little League practice. He is a hater of fine 90s revival live music events. His mama named him Narado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, we're talking food service today, as you as you know from the top of the show. Did you work, did you work in food service? Are you a food service veteran? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to I used to get my my serve on at Ruby Tuesday. In the Galleria, mm. as a matter of fact. In the mall. The best place Oh, you worked at the good one. The best mm. place to work whenever you have a, a job, especially at any chain, you wanna work in the mall. Older people who don't leave the house that much. So they hit the mall, they definitely go into a restaurant too. So you, you don't really have a slow day at a, at, at the mall. 
no matter what That's day of the week, no matter what time of the day it is, it's, it's always popping in there. And you get to make deliveries, yeah. and you get to, you meet you meet a lot of people who work in the mall, a lot a lot of ladies. I love broads at the going mall. Going store to you know, you know, working there. at Ruby Tuesdays is where I first found out about a, a part of the the gay community that I never never knew existed. But um, we had two we had two mats that worked at my Ruby Tuesdays: white mat okay. and gay mat. Uh, they were both white, okay. but one was gay. But gay mat. That's such an Alabama <laughs> label. That's how, it goes in, that's how it goes in restaurants, man. Like, you know, especially if people got the same name. You can't be white Matt and other Matt. It's like, no, gay Matt. Yeah, gay Matt. Gay Matt. <laughs> you know gay Matt. Gay Matt and white Matt. That's how you do it. But uh, one day we went to make a delivery, me and gay Matt. And we get to, I think it was an express. And we get to express. And these girls, that order some food. And, you know, they got the flirting. And Matt got really upset. He was like, just talk to him. He's the straight one. And <laughs> I was like, you know, okay, you know, I guess my man's having a bad day or something. So as we were leaving, he was like, I'm tired of this shit, man. I was like, what's the problem? He was like, nobody ever thinks I'm gay, so I don't get any dick. It's just always girls hitting <laughs> <at> me. <laughs> He was like, I think I need to get, I'm, I like dick tattooed on my forehead. And it was very true. I had never thought about that. had never met anybody like But Matt, he looked like Robin Thicke on his first album. Oh. Like, he had like and the outfit, and he's just the long surfer hair hanging down. So he just looked like a typical straight white dude. And apparently, the, he exuded that shit all over the place. And no dudes ever hit on it. And it always pissed him off. So shout out, shout out to Gay Matt, man. I hope you suck. I hope you've been sucking and fucking some vicious the last couple of years, man. Something vicious. Something vicious. Why vicious? Something vicious. Oh yeah, something vicious, man. My man was out here because I mean, he was a handsome dude, but nobody was picking up on it but the ladies because all the dudes he looked straight. And so I hope he's been getting all the dick he can handle. I had a gay coworker at that rehab hospital. I think I've told the story before where he was like that was like the first openly gay adult that I and that like just straight normalized because like he was gay. He beat the shit out of you. He didn't take no <laughs> shit off nobody. But then would also turn around and say, in the middle of a ship, in front of everybody, this is pre-sexual harassment. You can't make these types of jokes in the workplace era. Baby, the last piece of pussy I had was the day I was born, and I kicked that bitch on the way out. Oh. Word. Word. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, we jokes don't. like that. Yeah, you can't say that no more. That's dope. But you're right about that, bro. I've, I've always maintained that everybody, like 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 other countries, have a four-year mandatory military service. I think we need a four-year mandatory restaurant service in America. I don't need to work in anybody's restaurant at all for four years ever. I'm the worst server <laughs> on the history of God's green earth. If I would have done this shit between the ages like you all were smart enough to do, I'd have got fired a level a lot more earlier. Like I just was too goofy and shit. I respect the shit out of y'all for working in food service. I don't really think y'all get it, but like that, that's, I, I really think it's a harder job than people give you credit for. I worked in food service solely because it was a free meal and I knew how to steal and kite food back to the house. So that was survival. I worked a telemarketing job for two months. I'd like to starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> 
dogs. <laughs> Get these people some some stories from the world of food service real quick. Well, a, a, a story that everybody in the food industry can relate to, especially if you're currently working there. Um, woman posted a TikTok at a little, little restaurant, little corner cafe she works for that usually serves people as large as maybe six to eight people at a table. Twelve is overwhelming. And you know, at most restaurants, once you get more than six people, you need a manager's approval in the first place. Well, she had 50 people show up. Oh, no. Nah. And said there was mm-hmm. another 40 coming. That's right. They had a 91-person table show up. At oh, this restaurant wow. where there were three people on staff. <laughs> mm. So these people just decided that we was just going to show up with 91 fuckers and they just going to have to sit us. That's that's a real asshole. You got to call that that's in weird. a day in advance, man. You can't just pull up. Yeah, like we got to staff up. All right, Rod, let's flip it up for them real quick here. Um, a, a, a great story to, to talk about with people in the food service industry and... Uh, especially just black people in general, was uh, recently in New York City at Roy's Neck of the Woods, a, a Manhattan restaurant down in Times Square had to call the NYPD Beekeepers Unit. Yes, that is a real thing. Uh, because 2,000 bees had taken up residence in the seating area outdoors of the restaurant. And uh, that's just, that's not good for business at all, especially if you have black people at the restaurant. Because black people move around one bee like a pack of stray pit bulls. It is a terrifying experience. I can't imagine going to the restaurant and having six bees show up to the table, let alone two goddamn thousand. That's insane. Six bees. Say you ever see you ever see black people? It's just one bee, and it's the kind of bee that you know ain't gonna sting you. Like, it's just a bee confused. People will lose their mind. Oh, I'm gone, bro. I got out on the freeway in, in Los Angeles on the 405 in the carpool lane on the left side because there was a wasp in the back. What? Window. You gotta go. Whatever, whatever car is gonna smash into me, I'd rather that than take a wasp to the neck while driving. Yeah, I'd rather a nigga get in my car with a put a gun in my head than a bee. You can negotiate <laughs> with a gun. You can, you can talk with you a gun. You have a chance. That is fair. There is no conversation with a wasp. But that would have been like 2,000 wasps. Yo, that's really scary. Like around here. That's Red Dawn. They got the wasps that crawl up out the ground. You, you, have you seen that shit before? The wasps crawl up out the ground and they're like two and a half, three oh, inches yeah. thick. We call them dirt daubers in the South. Bruh, this is the scariest thing. I Look, I grew up most of my life in the South. I had never seen one of them things. I moved up here to New Jersey, sitting on the back porch, smoking a blunt one day. Saw like three of them joints climb out the ground. I ain't never been so scared in my life. Like, what the fuck That's is that? Terrifying. I thought they were locals. You gotta pour some gasoline Ooh. down there immediately. <laughs> and then run like hell. Bruh, it's so wild you say that, because my, my, my mother-in-law came right out the house with a little can of gas. It was like, I don't know what you upset about, and just toured it. And I'm sitting there in horror, like, wait a minute, now what are you doing? Why are you lighting the ground? A whole colony down up under that man. That shit is terrifying. You waited ten seconds and the whole thing just. Would you rather be in a restaurant and see bees or see people fucking? Oh, see people fucking every time. All day. I take bees. How is that a choice? I mean, that's dinner and a show. You know what I'm talking about? Right. I mean, I ain't mad at that. Can we throw dollars at them while they're having it? I mean, what if they're not good at it? I mean, 
Exactly. Good is relative. What if they're terrible? Yeah, even when it's bad, it's good. <laughs> mm. Here's the thing. When have you ever seen beautiful public sex? All the public oh. sex I've seen is beautiful. Yeah, I ain't gonna argue with Rod. It was inspiring to me. I spent two years in Atlanta watching it. It was great. You'll take the B. I'll what? Take, I'll take that ass. <laughs> I will watch anybody fuck in public, even if they unattractive. I'll watch anybody have sex in public. Keep the bees away from me. Right, Rod and I, Rod and I talked about this. I had two straight freaknicks, bro. And like, you know, it's one thing. People always talk about the myths and the legends and shit. I was there. And so it was, what Rod is saying, is very Freak true. Freaknik is different. Freaknik is a chaotic, it was public sex. Wild, it was public Mardi sex. Mardi Gras-esque atmosphere. I'm talking about being at a fucking Olive Garden. Ooh. I'm Olive talking Garden. about being at an Olive Garden where it's family Not and you look over at the next booth and there's two people in them tight ass little booths trying to fuck. Knowing what we know now about how COVID spreads in the air and the aerosol and the way that HVAC systems spread the germs and the COVID around, do you want people's fucking germs all sprinkling onto your unlimited breadsticks? I don't think no. is airborne. Chlamydia is not an airborne disease. You don't. We haven't done the research, Rod. You don't have the science. <laughs> oh, you don't have the science. People's wow. fucking particles could be up in the. It's just germs. Like two people just. How is that any different than two people fucking anyway? <laughs> Will you not do that? Will you not do that? You feel the wind coming up? That's wind. That's the wind. That good old backshot wind. I ain't mad at it. Put that shit right on the bridge. Which is putting which is putting nut juice in the air. I will take take backshot wind over endless pasta and breadsticks. Facts. Over one goddamn beach. Facts. A 2,000 square foot restaurant. Every time. Is this a true story or something? Oh, th- that's happened multiple times. Just Google <laughs> sex and restaurant. You'll get some links. I mean, that, it got Rick Pitino fired from Louisville. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Fucking on top of a pizza hut in Kentucky. <laughs> oh, somebody was eating there already. <laughs> oh, they was closed, but somebody was eating. <laughs> oh, best believe they was eating. Shout out to Ricky P. <laughs> That white suit, baby. <laughs> His podcast is Uncle Rod Story Corner. You can get it wherever you get this podcast. Seriously, just this shit. No. Ten not. feet away from you, Rod, and you're okay with this. Just that happening. Yeah. I love Backshot Breeze. Backshot Breeze. Backshot weird up down. I love sex. I don't uh. love beats. Mm. <laughs> this man has a solid point, Roy. No, he doesn't, third. Stop it. <laughs> no, thank you, Rod. Thank you, as always, Rod. Scam of the week time. Joining us now on the show is a woman that, you know, I'm not surprised that this place comes up as a scammy place, third. Mm. Uh, Church's Chicken. Mm. <laughs> Facts. Church's Chicken, one of the more underrated chicken spots. Listen. And... We all Southern here. Did you just say churches were underrated? Popeyes gets all the glory. Who gets all the glitz and glamour? Popeyes. A little bit of KFC. Bojangles in the South? Bojangles. There you go. But those are like considered more, quote, mainstream, where church's chicken to me is more of a UGK. That's fair. If you know, you know. You know. Everybody knows it's good. 
But they don't get the coast-to-coast acclaim that they deserve. But you sometimes have to order that chicken behind bulletproof glass because it is a dangerous place. There's that part, that part. Delicious food with a check cash in place energy. JG, who's on the line? We welcome Shawnee to the show, and she's based in Huntsville, Alabama. She's an organizational strategist working in PR Mm. and marketing. And she'll be talking with us and you specifically, Roy, about a scam that she might have participated in during her time as a cashier at Church's Chicken. Hi, Shawnee. Shawnee. So organizational strategist, what is that exactly? Are you going into businesses and telling them where they fucking up or? Yes. Going into businesses, telling them where they're messing up to being a bad guy. Because, you know, most people... You know, you got like Luann that been in the office for like 15 years. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah. I don't want to go tell Luann she messing us up. We got to change. That's oh. my job. To go tell Luann she got to get up. Oh, so you're almost like a consultant to a degree. You, yeah. you come in as an outside third party and you meet individually with each employee and go, here's where you need to change. Here's where your department is trash. Yeah. So, so you get to talk to the meanest person in the office and basically tell them what everybody else think because they don't know you. You could just go yeah. ahead and say yeah, yeah, everybody hates the way that you hoard the office supplies, Miss Jenkins, and you don't have to give out scripture all the time. All the time. All the time. And who keep eating everybody lunch out of the refrigerator? Mm. That may not be a lot to you, Miss Jenkins, but that is a lot to everybody in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like an employment relationship counselor. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I was I mean, also changing the company fiscally, but also changing the workplace culture. How do people? Okay, then let's let's first let's first visit this part because uh, I think that's very enriching and something worth giving to the supervisors who listen to this show. True. What are your tactics in telling someone that they're kind of trash and need to get oh. their shit together? Mm. So one of the main things is letting them know that being trash is okay. Like, mm-hmm. you can be trash and be okay, so let's embrace being trash. Respect. Okay. Because for a long time, you thought that that was fine, and it's not working, but I want you to know that's part of your personality, and I'm not even judging you. So reverse psychology almost? Yeah, 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 yeah. And getting them comfortable. And so then once they feel like, hey, I can tell her, I can share this, I can kindly either give them an ultimatum, either we change or we go. And so those are usually Mm. the two um, things, because a lot of times people don't want to move people out of their organizations because of sense of loyalty and they've been there so long. And I get it. But if it's like a cancer almost Uh telling a person, hey, we got to go in and take this out of here. And most people don't want to do the surgery. They don't want to do the chemo. They don't want to do that part. But it's Mm. either that. Or your organization dies. What are some of the mistakes that you see? And I'm sure that your client list runs the gamut of different types of operations. What is one consistent problem that you see that strikes most organizations time and time again? Paying the laziest person who seems to be the loyal person. Um, that's that's pretty. That's like the top one. Mm. Like, I know you and Mary like flirting with each other and Mary make you feel good at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Mary is pissing the whole rest of the office off. Like, nobody mm-hmm. likes her. Mary Jenkins. And 
Barry Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And you gather that information how? By talking to everyone else individually? Mm-hmm. By, ta- by okay. doing, um, so we do an eval first. We do like, um, I guess you would call anonymous like questions or uh, surveys. And so I tell people, hey, you got to be honest. If you don't be honest, it's not going to change. Yes. And so some mm-hmm. people are so fed up. They're like, I'm putting everything on this paper. And they put <laughs> everything on that paper. <laughs> and so I take that and I'm like, okay. We got to deal with this. And a lot of times that's normally it. The person who deserves to make the most money is not making the most money. It's the person who is what I call the company finesser. They've done a lot of the talking. They've done a lot of the flirting. They've done everything but work. And full of excuses. Full of excuses. Got an excuse for everything before it even happens. I know those people because I've worked with those people. And they basically run your top talent out the door. What do you say to Mary after you've done this round of because mm. you because to a degree as a therapist, you're supposed to come in and give motherfuckers solutions like you just can't mm-hmm. sit Mary down and be like, don't nobody like your ass. You're getting paid too much. motherfucker." All right. Thank you all very much. I'll take my invoice. And I'm like, <laughs> That's what, you what do you say to the boss? Right. And then what do you say to Mary? Mm. So one of the things I say to the boss is. I know the history and we have to really go like psychological on that part because it's relational at that point. And so we have to really unpack that. Like I know Mary probably got the tea. By the time I come in, it's at this point we hit a wall and we're, it's about to crash. Mm. So I have to just make it plain and just put it as they say in the street, all on the glass. We had to put it on the glass. Like, okay. You done probably had to buy Mary plan B. I don't know what you had to do. You done probably one of them, one of her kids probably yours. We're going to have a side conversation, Shawnee. Me Mary and you. Mary is wild. Mary got dirt on everybody. That's why they yeah, can't Mary. Mary. Mary usually has the tea. And that's why she can stay there so long. And so then I have to deal with Mary and say, hey, I know you know all of this. But if you really, and just really being, you know, compact, if you really care, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't even matter anymore because the manager has told me everything. So if don't nobody else know, I know now. And that's all that matters. Somebody knows. So now you have no more power. And normally dealing with it like that. And usually, you know, I get caught a B and cussed out and all kinds of stuff like that. Really? It's one thing that to deal with the employees, right? Mm-hmm. But as an organizational strategist, sometimes do you have to go from the top down? Like are there opportunities or there chances where you've gone into companies and you've been like, ooh, boss person that hired me, you the problem. And mm-hmm. and like how you deal with that? Because I think that's the, it's always one thing as a, as an employee It's always one thing for the employees to deal with somebody who's doing organizational strategy. It's like office mm-hmm. space to me, like the movie office space is about two organizational yeah. strategists that come in and flip up the whole company, flip the company. Yeah. Right. But it's it's a whole another thing when, you know, you ain't dealing with the employee. You got to tell the boss, by the way, your whole company is trash because you trash and you run shit like trash. But like, mm. does that happen? Like, do, do you <clears throat> run across that kind of thing? It does. And normally those are the biggest egos. Oh my mm. gosh. So at that point you have to talk dollars. You just have to talk dollars at that point. Like, hey, and more than likely they don't, cha- they don't change. Like it's rare mm-hmm. that the top person changes. They'll adjust mm. to make sure that their money continue and their company continues to grow. But their character that's I had to get at Jesus because it don't. <laughs> I have to leave the office and hand it to God because they they don't they don't budge. Uh huh. So <laughs> speaking of Jesus, mm. 
Church's chicken. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Before you were an organizational strategist and telling these companies that they ain't shit and telling these employees to their face that they ain't shit and they need to get it together. Trash. You was back there in the back thinking up them honey butter biscuits. Give us this scam that was going down at churches, Shani. Church's chicken strikes me as the type of place where it's just scamming just seems to be, that's just par for the course. Doesn't it seem like a norm? Like that come with the job description, you need to come in here with a scam. So of course you gotta kind of be initiated into this. You can't just come in knowing the scam. So everybody had to watch me for a little while and see, can I handle it? Uh Um, So we always had two registers. And so the drive-through register is the one where we used to do the scamming at. So I don't know, if you're from the South, you know about the two piece for 199. Of course. Everybody loves the two piece piece for 199. Yes. So when you round that up, it's two fifteen. You know you get the tax, boom, boom. You know, so you had to keep up with that. So what we would do is everybody who ordered a two piece, or we would pick whatever the special was for that day. It could be the three piece that's two ninety nine, and then you round it up as three whatever. Uh oh. If they pay cash, allegedly, I think that fit right there. That may not fit. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> you gave them back the change that they were owed based upon the math that you did in your head. So at night, you had more in your register, allegedly, <laughs> than you should have had so, because you were making allegedly falsified transactions. Because you had you had, you had had mm. orders. So orders you never rung up, which leaves your register over. And you just have to keep track of the overages when it's time to count down the register. Yes. Here's a See. question that I think I already know the answer to. But if you're, if you're not ringing up two-piece meals... Mm-hmm. And pocketing the two dollars per every two piece meal, and if you're selling ten an hour, that's twenty dollars over the course of an eight hour shift. That's a nice lick. That's damn near two hundred dollars. Okay, fine. But at that point, two pieces times ten. That's twenty pieces of chicken over the course of eight hours. That's the hundred and sixty pieces of chicken mm-hmm. that are not accounted for on the books. How the fuck? Does a hundred is like do y'all how do you inventory the chicken? Because when I worked at Subway, they made us count the cookies down to the fucking chocolate chip. Damn. So you had to fuck if you burned a stick of bread, it had to stay in the store and be physically seen by the person <laughs> on the next shift to prove that what? you burnt the bread or you overproofed it. So I, does chicken just come in a box or just say chicken? How much in it? Mm, chicken. <laughs> so it literally comes in a box. It comes in a box in a bag, in a box. Um, you can count out the chicken. It's supposed to have a certain amount of pieces, but that was never correct. It was never <laughs> correct. And so normally at the end of the day, because we also handled the waste that night, we would spread the waste out. So you can, we, would only, we would only do it like once a week, maybe twice a week. So we would spread the waste out. You got to you gotta keep up in your head though. You're like, man, that was 120 pieces. So I got to do 30 extra tonight. 30 extra Thursday, 30 extra Friday. And so that's how you kept up with your That's your, too your much. Problem. Okay, well, that is that not much. too much? But for a 16-year-old, you know. We'll get you out of here on this question, Shani. What is the most scared you have ever mm. been on that mm. job? Or the most ignorant, stressful behavior, we'll call it, that you've ever witnessed while in uniform at a church's? Okay, so something so odd that happened. You know, one of the old sayings: if you if somebody sweep your feet, you got to spit on the broom. Mm-hmm. So we're one night, and one of the girls she sweeps the cook's foot. Uh-huh. 
So he gets mad. He's like, I got to spit on that broom. So they going back and forth. They're going back and forth. Ironically. This is the most Alabama argument <laughs> in the history of Alabama arguments. That ranks. Keep going. But go he ahead. gets so enraged. He knocks the register off the counter. He's like, I got to spit on that broom. She calls the police on him. He gets handcuffed because he has a warrant. Oh, no. And he gets put in a police car, you guys. Dang. Oh, you should have let him spit on the broom. Yeah. Mm. So you know they say if you get your feet swept, you're gonna go to jail. And That's he true. Went to jail. And ironically, the man went to jail. So he was right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. We're glad that you survived the church's chicken veteran. You are a veteran yeah. of hood chicken spots. I need a purple heart. <laughs> you ain't one of the that said food service survivor. That's yeah, what we need. Real. Food service. That's what we need, Roy. For all y'all, y'all Golden Corral folks too. A food service veteran hat with the veteran stripes on that shit. Because yeah. y'all, y'all saying y'all serve y'all food country. veteran. Fast food <laughs> veterans. If you could That's make it hilarious. in food service, you could. I don't know. You could probably survive the apocalypse. Mm. Indeed, indeed. If it's any, any, uh, what can people find you for anybody to find you online, Shani? Um, they could find me on IG. I think that's the most feasible place. IG um, at Shawnee B three zero Shawnee B thirty, right. and it'll lead you to the rest of my world. So, yeah. Well, I love you, homie. You and so next much. time I'm back down south, we're gonna Call host me. up, and I'm sure you and Jacqueline can talk over some of them honey butter biscuits because I'm sure you mm-hmm. stole the mix while you was working there. And I know you probably got some. Love at the house you guys. There. She <laughs> does not. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, like catering black people food too. She might need you. After the break, we're going to speak with a group of women who are revolutionizing the way that servers are able to get shifts in the food industry world. We're talking food today on the job fair. We'll be right back. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Job fair, bringing it home. Now, 
I how can I put this third? Hmm. Did I did I tell you about the time when I was working at a Golden Corral in Tallahassee, right? Hmm. And then I was still on the road doing comedy. And I used to pack my Golden Corral uniform with me because I thought that I could just walk into any Golden Corral where I was performing Stop. and just go, hey, motherfucker, let me get a shift. Like, that's... No. Stop. No. But that's a fair... No, don't laugh. That's fair. See, y'all trying to embarrass me like when I tried to order a Mercedes Benz part by part. But You did that all by yourself. The you thought, and, yeah, Rod got the you. Thought, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. The thought was, who wouldn't want an employee that's already trained in this if you need someone to pick up a shift this week, if you need someone to just grab, hey, you need a silverware roller. I'm here. Just let me know. I'm in town performing at the the the, the shucking joke place. So just let me know. I can, I'm happy to come work a day shift. But of course, we know that is not how employment works. But then you have innovators who come along. Yes. And they mm. see beyond the horizon and they go what if life really was like that? Nice. What if you really could pivot and change the game? And when I heard about this app and what it's going to do for employment, it's going to shift more power back to the employees. Nice. You motherfuckers, we're coming back. <laughs> the monkey has the gun. JG, introduce these wonderful women. Yes. And then I'm going to let them tell us about this app that if I'd have had in 2002 when I was on the road, Oh. Could make a little extra money for myself. Okay. I see where you're going with this now. So we have the co-founders of the hospitality app Crew, Lindsay Noto and Jennifer Ryan. Crew is where talent meets opportunity, Roy and Ralph. Crew matches vetted talent with opportunity, providing workers with choice as well as flexibility. The result is a platform that's hugely beneficial to both sides, the restaurant and the employee. Lindsay, Jennifer, welcome to the job fair. Welcome, and I wanna make it perfectly clear, you're not on because you're from Birmingham. That's a big part of it. But <laughs> <laughs> this is a truly, truly revolutionary yes. idea when it comes to employment and I love it. And, you know, mm -hmm. Birmingham's tech sector is growing. There's a lot of STEM, yes. a lot of R&D popping down there. <laughs> but just first, before we get into anything about the two of you and your past, just break down the app, please. Sure. It connects the two sides that need each other. Um, we're both in the hospitality industry and our industry is having a reckoning. And we're losing amazing talent every single day. And restaurants and bars yeah. and event venues are not going to be able to survive without the staff that they need to run um, their daily operations. But we also know that workers deserve more. They have for a long time, and it's finally um, their moment. And we believe in supporting the talent of this amazing opportunity or this amazing industry that's really, you know, it's a huge part of our economy. And yeah. people don't understand that this area contributes 10% to our country's GDP. It's huge. Mm -hmm. We got to get it right. And we got to support the people that lift this industry up every day. So it gives them choice. The one thing they've never, ever been afforded before. I love that. Well, I think, I think that the industry talent got a, a little taste of freedom 
during the pandemic where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to chill for a little bit. And you get to see what life is like not being a slave to your schedule. And so a lot of those people that really got um, comfortable in that flexibility started driving for Uber or DoorDash or shipped. And they're like, wow, I can really create a, um, a, a career for myself picking and choosing when I want to work. And it's like, well, how do mm-hmm. we... And a lot of those people are restaurant people. You know, they got tired of working long hours. They got tired of working doubles, not getting lunch breaks, um, you know, missing holidays, missing events with their family, with their friends. And, um, you know, I think that that there's a lot of people that, like myself, who still sort of teeters on the industry, they miss that rush, that thrill that they get, you know, from mm. like refilling the chocolate fountain at the, at the Golden Ooh. Corral. You know, we miss that life, right? So like, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that have found other opportunity with a little more flexibility um, and that quality of life, but they miss the industry. And we're trying to figure out how to like, you know, bring it all together. So the app basically sets up an interface for an employer. Let's say I run a restaurant, three of my servers catch COVID or they call off or whatever. And I can essentially find qualified servers who are available that night to work a shift anywhere in town of comparable capability, I would assume. Like if you worked at an Applebee's and Chili's needs a server, that's Mm -hmm. probably not that much more shit I need to learn other than how to ring stuff up. So if Chili's needs three waitresses that night and I'm available and I feel like picking up a shift, I mark myself as available. And then the crew app goes, hey, Roy, head over to Chili's. They need you for five hours tonight. Do you want to be our spokesperson for the app? Because you just uh, crushed it. <laughs> that was it. That's it. I mean, it's what? so simple for both sides. And it's free for the talent to use so they can get on, join the crew community for free, browse shifts based on the things that matter to them, availability, how far they want to drive from their house, what skills they have. And for restaurants and bars and event venues, they set the parameters. They meet the talent where they are. If they need super skilled people, they clarify that. And if they just need a body, because we all know sometimes you just need an extra set of hands during a rush. You need somebody else to help on the dish pit. And a lot of times anybody can slide into that role and we're meeting the talent where they are. And what it really again comes down to is helping these um, institutions in our communities. Restaurants and bars and venues are trying to do everything right. And they're losing great people. And the talent, they just deserve more. So it's just connecting both sides really easily. And it's really low cost for restaurants. And it makes it so simple. So, so simple to find great people. I love the fact that uh, it says here, one of your features is fast payment. No more waiting for the payroll to process. And I know my folks that used to work in there, that was always an issue. I I like how y'all talk about, can y'all talk about how y'all even came to that as a decision? Like, I think it's dope, uh, but... Please. You know, I was, Jen is, I, I guess, new mm-hmm. into the restaurant industry. And I've been working in this industry mm-hmm. since I was 15 years old. And one thing that has always been very common, more so with the kitchen staff than your front of house staff who, you know, they leave with tips in their pockets every night. I can't tell you how many restaurants I've worked in where I've got my dishwashers, my prep cooks coming to me being like, hey, boss, can you float me 20 bucks for the bus or for, you know, lunch for my kids until until payday comes, you know, and and, it, and it's tough because let's be honest, like the money's not great. 
in the restaurant yeah. business. It's just not. The margins are small. Um, you know, labor is a large part of your overhead. And, you know, so restaurants try to keep their costs down by keeping the labor low. And so um, I think that in order to to stay true to what we're claiming that we're going to do by making the talent a very high priority is we've got to give them what they want. And that's access to their money when they when they need it, um, which for me, I mean, is immediately you know, I work a shift. Like mm. it would be really nice to be able to have access to that money within 24 hours so I can get my car fixed, you know, yep. so I can mm. get, can I get an Uber? To, I mean, some of these guys are paying to get to work. They're paying for buses. They're paying mm-hmm. for Ubers or taxis to get to and from work. And it's a really kind of a sad cycle. And so we're hoping that giving them, you know, access to their, their money sooner will hopefully, you know, kind of get them in a position where they can break that cycle sooner than later. I remember specifically, I can take you into the last couple of months when I was at Golden Corral. The issue was that I did not know before the beginning of the day if I was going to get it. So in stand-up comedy, on Mondays, the fallout email goes out for all the comedians in the region who canceled gigs for that region. So on Monday, you may find out that you're needed in Biloxi on Tuesday, Pensacola on Wednesday, and you got to go to Little Rock on Thursday. But the fucking schedule for Golden Corral came out on Sunday. And once the schedule is out on Sunday, which preceded the fallout email, there was no change in your shift. You got to swap shifts with somebody. So you spend the next fucking day at work. Can you swap your Wednesday with me for my Friday and then on Friday? Whereas if this app existed for me back then, I would have just been exclusively a crew employee. You know, I don't know where I'm working this week, motherfucker, but I just knew the crew got me. Like, you you had such... someone on the show during International Women's Month. She was a former judge, I believe, and she was talking about people who had been previously incarcerated and they come back out into the real world. And this kind of ties into what you're talking about. And she was touching on how, you know, sometimes they have to choose between do I go visit my parole officer? Do I catch the bus to work? I've got to work because I got to be logging these hours, you know, and it's like, how do I prioritize which one I need to go to. I got to be at both, but I can't, one is not more important than the other. And we really Mm -hmm. hope to just, to span outside of just previous industry people, like, you know, veterans, retirees, previously incarcerated persons, high school students, college students that need flexibility. This person that walks right out of jail can walk right in to the Olive Garden and, and wash dishes and not have to worry about catching an appointment with his parole officer or catching the bus he can create his work schedule around everything else. And that's, I think, to me, the most beautiful part about what we're going to do. And without the hassle of the employer going, well, where's your previous job, motherfucking? We're handling that. We're handling that. And that's why, I mean, for us, the biggest element of crew is easy and equal access. That's why employers don't see race or gender or age or profile photos when they match with candidates. They match on availability and skills, whatever the requirements are. And that gives people um, hopefully a little peace of mind that they're going to be chosen for the reasons that matter, not because of the track record or not because of a background or not because of any other profile characteristics. That levels the playing field because to Lindsay's point, like this is about not just the people in hospitality today. We've got to fill our industry with great talent. And that's going to come from every single pocket around our community. And what's going to happen, like the side effect of that, when we talk about the growth, like, and I was using Instagram just as a, you know, a loose example. It's not a one-to-one, but you go in there as a crew employee and you bust your ass, let's say for whatever, let's just say it's, let's just call it $10 an hour in Alabama because they won't 
let anybody raise the minimum wage. <laughs> it, let's just say it's ten dollars an hour. You go in there and bust your ass. Well, shit. If I'm an employer, I might go, motherfucker, Ralph. I really like the way you hustle. How about you stay here for thirteen and stop fucking with crew? Mm-hmm. And now you line up the, the fight to keep good employees is going to become greater because good employees can now just go wherever they want. This is man. I like this. I stay. I stay if they don't offer me 13 an hour and I hate working in food services. So <laughs> like, you know, when I tried to do food services, it, it was a failure. It was very, very bad. <laughs> but I also realized how difficult uh, what seemingly should be a very easy job or you think it's an easy job. Man, that, that yo, working in food is hard, man. It's hard. So I appreciate what you're doing and trying to help folks out. And it scares me how detailed you listen to the show. But <laughs> the only other thing I will say is it's a good thing. But the, the community goes just one step further. Um, by being part of the community on the app, which is totally free, the talent has access to discounted health care. And that Girl, is something no, that our industry nah. has never, ever had access to because crew can tap into economies of scale by having a big community. And we're, again, just trying to bring a lot of these elements that a lot of other industries take for granted to a space that really holds up a lot of our communities. I like this whole no discrimination thing, no pictures. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know nothing about me, whether or not I can do the job. This is great for employment. This is yes. a terrible dating app. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> We quit using the, the analogy. We, we started out comparing it to Tinder quite often, and we quit doing that a couple months back when we realized that, like, this would be a really bad blind date. <laughs> that was the notion. Oh, the worst. <laughs> this would be a really, yeah. Well, thank you all so, so much for what you all are doing. Where can people on both sides of the coin, you know, because I, low-key, y'all already know this ain't going to just stay with restaurants. Y'all know the office and the cubicle yes. land is going to be next for this but you know <laughs> i don't want to discuss you you know i ain't want to discuss your expansion plans right now but it's going to be but i let me know when y'all doing crew for basketball and <laughs> and uh and the yeah. nba team be quiet jg i'm trying to talk what? about my dreams right now <laughs> let me know when a basketball team need a you know need a point guard <laughs> you know just oh, you starting for the Charlotte Hornets <laughs> we'll call you starting for the Atlanta Hawks from the crew app <laughs> <laughs> 43 years old you're dreaming big for us thank you <laughs> I like this uh, where can everybody find you all yeah Instagram is join crew c-r-o-u-x and crew.co c-r-o-u-x dot co well I can't thank you ladies enough for being on the job fair hope to have you back on soon to be a member of the coveted two-time club and appreciate you we thank you guys so much for having us wait how did y'all discover us what was the first episode of the show you heard oh well the first episode I listened to was your April Fool's episode. Oh. And okay. she warned That's me not, not to listen to that one, so I backtracked a couple weeks. I thought we were going to get roasted. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no stop. That was such a bizarro alt-universe no, episode of this show. Roy, I gotta tell you though, I, I I listened when you guys were talking about what you did. Where um, uh, I guess Meta gave you some sort of VR that you sent to Ramsey High School, where these kids yeah, are learning the, how to like uh, to train to bat better, to level the playing field. I thought that was super fucking dope. So like, yes. thank you for investing back in the community. 
Well, I'm trying my best so that those people know what they're doing and how to build out all that techie tech stuff at the school so they can uh, get hired by you one day. Because I know as y'all grow, your company's going to need more employees. And Lord knows I'm not qualified to do none of that shit that y'all doing over there. I think you're doing great at what you're doing right now. Stick with it. (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for coming on the show. This is a pleasure. Thank you all. Cheers, guys. Thank Thank you all. Thanks. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of iHeartRadio, Comedy Central, Paramount, South Park, and Princeton Productions. We did it. Always. Why are you confused? Now, I want an apology from both of you for laughing at me. I was a person without a home in 2002, riding around aimlessly with a Golden Corral uniform in my trunk, thinking I could just get hired (laughs) off a show up and go up. And I want you all to apologize to me and just tell me that I was somewhat of a bit. I didn't have the idea for none of this shit. But just tell me that I wasn't crazy. <laughs> okay, you I felt seen crazy. by them two women. Oh, we're sorry, Roy. Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you. <too> <laughs> I, spent, I spent all of middle school at the Golden Corral. My my fa- my mom was not a very good cook. <laughs> no, it's fine. I wanted Jacqueline to apologize, but I will accept your apology on her behalf. Thank you, Shout out to the Golden Corral on Lorna Road, by the way. Still standing. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I got fired from. I wonder, though, I think they like stage cars in that parking lot because it doesn't matter what time of day, what day of week you drive by. You can go and corral on Lorna Road. There's always 50 cars in the parking lot. I don't I don't understand. At 3.30? I think it's just people parking there to go to the gun range. Okay. <laughs> Gun range overflow parking. All right. Alabama hit so different. Alabama hit so different. <laughs> That's the show. You're listening to Comedy Central. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.